Hello and welcome back to Paranormal Hotline Podcast, your weekly update on the paranormal world. Unfortunately, Oshin couldn't make it this week due to unforeseen circumstances of a cursed poem last week. Uh, he fell into a coal mine and was ripped apart by the dogs that live down there. Family flowers only, please. No, I'm only joking. Hello, I am, I'm, I'm <laughs> blushing. <laughs> I was trying to think of like, the most Oshin thing that could possibly happen. Like Realistically, you would fall into a mine and there would be dogs down there and they would rip you to bits. Yeah, actually, of all the things... That would be a bit odd, but that could still happen. The coal mine would probably be one of them. Yeah. But no, I'm all in one piece. All in one piece. Got off fairly scot-free. Oh, that's good. So for anybody who didn't catch it, last week, Oshin read a cursed poem live on the podcast. And it's only been a week, so, you know, something crazy could it's still only happen. Been a week. But has anything happened at all yeah, this they... week that you could you can blame on the curse? You didn't start cr- uh, crying blood or anything this week? No, I think the closest thing would be on Friday, I was getting a plane home from oh my god London. wait you were flying and you read a cursed poem before you flew yeah you, you weren't taking any yeah okay <laughs> that shows how much like faith you had in it being real now i'm just committed to the bit you know yeah no i didn't expect to take out the whole plane with me like you know so just you just you get sucked out the window or something yeah or you know like because i was on a yeah. flight recently as well i was on a long flight and you know when you flush the toilet in a plane Oh my god, it's terrifying. It's so scary and it feels like you're going to get sucked out of it somehow. <laughs> I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that footage? Your man, um, I forget what country it was. It was only in the last week. South I think. Korea. Yeah. Yeah. It was a Chinese visitor like, who was, uh, he said the airplane was too stuffy. So he opened the window. Or no, he opened the door. <laughs> and, uh, yep. <laughs> I didn't oh think goodness. that you could do that on a flight. Like, he just walk up and open the door. <laughs> It's like one of those you, you intrusive when, thoughts, like, I could open that door. <laughs> yeah, it. I think the only reason it really worked is because that they were at a low enough altitude for like, yeah. there not to be much of a pre- pressure difference. Yeah, I think they were actually coming in for a landing or something. No, it didn't happen to me. My flight was delayed, though, for, by about uh, almost an hour. Is that all? Yeah, it's nothing. That's nothing. Yeah, that's not really <laughs> curse-worthy. No, not curse. That's just Ryanair. <laughs> yeah. That's just normal, actually. Well, I have a great story this week. A particularly peculiar specter. If there's two things we love on this podcast, it's castles and unhinged ghosts that do weird shit. <laughs> and I've got it all this week. We seem to collect them. It's it's just so much fun. I love it when a ghost doesn't do the typical... Ooh, <laughs> they just come out and do something completely batshit insane. I love that. And this mm-hmm. has that. This is just a weird one. It all starts in a place called a Castle Town House in County Kildare. It's not too far from Dublin. Um, have you ever been there by any chance? I've never been, but... No, I haven't been there. <laughs> no, I haven't either. It was erected between 1772 and 1729 for William Connolly, who was a famous Irish politician at the time. you probably heard of him before. William Connolly, yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's kind of one of those names that's like, oh, I know that name, but, uh, you know... <laughs> He was a fairly mm-hmm. po- popular Irish politician at the time. And he built the house in like his 60s. And he had no kids. So his reason for building the house is pretty much just to entertain people there. Big parties and the likes. Politicians, you know how they, you know how that hasn't changed at all. Well, he eventually passed. And they actually had a massive funeral for him at the house. It was a big affair. 
And the house was inherited by his nephew, who married a woman named Lady Anne Wentworth, who was daughter of the Earl of Stafford. I feel like every woman who like lives in a haunted house in Ireland is called Lady Anne for some reason. Because there's also a Lady Anne who was haunted in Loftus Hall by the devil. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just weird whenever I say Lady Anne again, I immediately think of Lady Anne Tottenham, I think her name was. But yeah, this is the other Lady Anne. <laughs> well, one of the many. Yeah. So one day, while wandering through the house alone, Lady Anne looks up at the upper gallery and sees the figure of a tall man. She stares at the man for a while, but he doesn't seem to take any notice of her. He then proceeds to walk down a non-existent staircase and past a big window. She described him as taking very little steps as if the stairs was very shallow. The man then paused and laughed a high, cold, arrogant laugh, she said, as though it were the rightful owner of the palace, mocking at the people who lived there. That was like a really high-pitched laugh, like a high, cold, arrogant laugh. Like, what does that even sound like? <laughs> uh, Maximilian, I'm thinking just like Pegasus from, from Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> so basically just what I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's really funny to me. That the, I'm just picturing a ghost <laughs> doing that, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've never, I don't think I've ever heard somebody laugh known. arrogantly like that either, though. Oh, uh, not like that, but I've definitely heard an arrogant laugh. What does an arrogant laugh sound like? Or does it have to, like, follow a sentence? Can the laugh itself be arrogant? <laughs> no, it was always kind of tied with some, like, smoke bullshit. Like. Yeah, but she just assumed this was arrogance. Like, he didn't say anything. He walked <laughs> down a non-existent stairs and he was like, ha ha ha. And she was like, that little arrogant fuck. <laughs> Uh, and then he disappeared. So that's kind of like the first <laughs> sighting of the strange man in this house. And wouldn't you know it, 10 years after this ghost appear- this ghostly appearance, uh, a stairs was actually constructed constructed exactly where the spectre was seen walking. So it's unusual for a ghost to travel on a stairs that isn't there yet. Like usually they're on a staircase that yeah. was there at one point and, you know. That's what I was going to ask. But this is like the opposite, ask, you know. Was it in the past? Like, Yeah. Is the ghost a time traveler? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know how ghosts work. But yeah, that's, it, it was just very strange. I thought that was a really weird detail. But that's only the beginning of this bizarre ghost story. The house was eventually inherited by Lady Anne's son, Thomas. And Thomas lived in the house with his wife. And he was a really big fan of hunting. You know, specifically like fox hunting. The bad kind of mm-hmm. hunting. Like, I'm all yeah. for hunting if it involves eating the animal and stuff, but I'm not a fan of, fun- like, hunting foxes for fun. But Thomas was. He he loved it. Uh, it's like the quote, the Oscar Wilde quote, the unspeakable in full pursuit of the uneatable. <laughs> the uneatable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a good take on it. So Thomas was in the gardens of the house one day, and he was telling his wife about the ghostly experience that his mother had encountered. And a few days after that, a few days after he was telling her the story, he goes out for a ride with the Kildare Hounds, which I assume is like the name of a hunting club. I don't know if it's just like a gang of hounds. It could be. <laughs> it's just the hounds, like in a mass. <laughs> it was a wild and stormy night in November, and many of the hunters had given up and gone home. The fox was too tricky for them, and the weather was terrible. So only Thomas... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Only Thomas and a few others uh, remained. But Thomas noticed a newcomer had joined them on this hunt. He was dressed all in black and rode a large black horse. A long, tall fellow, and he wore a hood. But Tom could see thick, dark hair protruding from his nose and ears. He asked them 
Uh, he asked to join in on the hunt, and Tom, who was a hospitable man, agreed. So this creepy man just comes out of nowhere and starts, you know, joining the hunt. <laughs> with his big black horse, wearing a hood. No. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. The man... Don't like that. <laughs> the man then grinned at Tom- Thomas, showing him his large yellow teeth, then set his horse to the slope on the hill and then galloped up. At the same time, the hounds began to bag. As I don't, I don't know an awful lot about the terminology of hunting. I had to Google a lot of this. <laughs> this is as if they were what closing the in on a prey, basically. Okay. And Thomas followed the horseman up the hill, but when he got to the brink, he reined in and looked on it in astonishment. The dogs were nowhere to be seen, but the stranger stood there, dismounted from his horse, and with the bloody carcass of a fox held in both hands high above his head. So he just disappeared up over this hill, and then Thomas followed him, and when he got to the other side of the hill, the guy was, like, holding the fox into the air. A choir fox. Yeah, and he was grinning with his big yellow teeth still. Yeah. And then... That's, that's, I don't like that visual. He lowered the fox down to his mouth level and bit down on the fox's tail and ripped <gasps> it clean off with his teeth. What? Yep. He then dropped the carcass and held out the tail to Thomas. So... What? Yeah. Who is... <laughs> a bit fucking bizarre, isn't it? <laughs> Quite. <laughs> I just wonder what was going through Thomas's head at this stage. Like, <laughs> I would immediately have left, to be honest. <laughs> His new best friend. <laughs> Folks, if you're enjoying the podcast, think about helping us out by checking out our Patreon. We are an independent podcast, so we don't get funding from anywhere else. If you enjoy listening to us, please consider supporting us. Uh, the small amount from Patreon really does help us keep the cost of the, running the podcast, and it helps us upgrade our equipment, and every little really does help us out. Thanks. Support the podcast or I'll haunt you. Or we'll sick uh, this fox-biting creature on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we should get a bit threatening. Like, you know? Oh my god, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> we, we already hate kids like on this podcast. <laughs> So Thomas was kind of disgusted by all this, and he had to turn away from looking at the man. And then the stranger spoke and said, Connolly, if you will not take the brush, will you offer me a cup of something hot in your great house? Kind of chilly. Chilly. So the brush brush just means the tail, basically. That's what they refer Mm. to it. I don't know why. We'll be sweeping up. Foxes sweep up in the snow so that they can't be trailed. I have no idea. Is it just a fox thing, though, or is it like any tail that you get from hunting? Because they know. keep them it as, like, prizes, don't they, the tail? Yeah, like in Fantastic Mr. Fox, he wore, like, a necktie. Oh, yeah. Like a, a necktie. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But hang on, is it maybe it is a fox thing, because there's Basil Brush. Oh, I have no idea. And he was that fox puppet who was a pain in the ass. Oh, yeah. It's purely speculation, folks. So the Connellys were well known for their hospitality, and he couldn't, re- he couldn't really refuse the man. So Thomas responded, There's hot rum punch at my house for all who want it. Jeez, I thought he was going to be getting a cup of tea. Like, hot rum punch, that's uh, that's very hospitable. I would say hot rum punch is nearly easier to get for people than tea back then, <laughs> right? Tea what is hard to it's hard to import. It was like 19... No, sorry, sorry, 1720... Maybe 1750s? It probably is easier to set up now a nice hot rum yeah. instead of a cup of tea. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a procedure to a cup of tea. Yeah, plus, yeah, yeah. I don't know if tea is like that common to serve somebody <laughs> you know uh, when you're rich I suppose true so Thomas invited the man back to his house and upon entering the house the man paused and began surveying the great entrance hall and the staircase that came down from the gallery 
the very same staircase that Thomas's mother saw the ghost many years ago. The man went walking around and came down the stairs past the window and began laughing in a high-pitched way. Oh no. Just like the specter many years ago. I thought that was a creepy, yeah. Yeah, that's weird. The man then took a chair by the fireside and began to stretch himself out and relax. Some servants asked if the man would like them to remove his hunting boots. No doubt they were like dirty and stuff from the hunt. Uh, but he refused, mm-hmm. saying, leave me be. I am sleepy and don't choose to be disturbed. <laughs> so Thomas offered like the hunting party food and drink and stuff. And they kind of like chilled out. And the stranger then closed his eyes and appeared to be settling in for a nap. Mm. Like kind of a weird move to go to a stranger's house and then fall asleep on his couch, to be honest. <laughs> With, with your bit. dirty shoes on. So Thomas moved a bit closer to the man to get a good look at him. Now, it was like a dark November night, don't forget. And the rain was lashing against mm-hmm. the windows. So it was only kind of like he could see from the firelight what was happening. And he noticed upon further inspection that the man was incredibly hairy. The hair on the back of his hands was matted. And he had tufts of hair springing out from all over, even out of his ears. This thick, wiry hair. Thomas yeah. was getting suspicious at this stage, uh, unsure like what kind of person he was looking at or like what he was looking at really. He ordered two of the servants to remove the now sleeping man's boots. Is this like going to be like in Bayonetta where her clothes are actually made of her hair? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> That's horrifying. Oh. Ew. Is that, is that how it is in Bayonetta? Yeah, yeah. I never questioned it. I think. <laughs> So they cautiously approached and slowly began to remove the man's boots. As it slipped down his leg, it revealed an animal-like leg with thick black fur. As the boot eventually popped off altogether, it revealed a cloven hoof. (gasps) So Tom jumped up from his seat, pointed at the man and roared, You're the devil! You are not welcome here! Leave immediately! Classic. Yep. (laughs) Classic. The devil just smiled. He sat back in his chair and said, I'm quite happy here. There is good food, good wine, and I have no intention of leaving. (laughs) He's just like a a squatter now. Reversal. (laughs) Yeah. You've adopted the devil. (laughs) He's just an unwanted roommate now. (laughs) So Tom immediately sent one of the servant girls to fetch Father Mulcahy, who was the local priest. So she took off running as fast as she could and in no time returned... With Father Mulcahy. (laughs) Can you just imagine how that conversation went? Like, Father, it's the (laughs) devil. Fetch the holy hand grenade. (laughs) He's just going to rock up, ready to go. Oh, you see... He's probably been waiting... You'd you'd think a priest would be waiting for this moment. Wait till you hear what he fucking does. So Father Mulcahy stormed into the dining room, holding a Bible in one hand and a crucifix in the other. And he roared at the devil to leave immediately. And the devil again just smiled and like refused, kind of like laughing at him. And in a rage, the priest raised the Bible in his right hand and threw it at the devil's head. <laughs> it bounced off his head and hit the mirror behind him. And the crack in the mirror is still there to this day. Oh my god. So, <laughs> he's so underqualified to handle the devil. His only tactic was to the throw Bible. the Bible at him. <laughs> like, <laughs> now he doesn't have a Bible to read. Like, what an idiot. I could perform a better exorcism and I have no training. Yeah, right? <laughs> Do you even need to exorcise the devil, though? Because he's not, like, in anybody. I think you just need to be... Banish? Be persistent and just... <laughs> I feel like you just leave eventually, right? So the devil decided he, that he just wanted to go now. <laughs> he wasn't comfortable anymore. 
and uh, he just you wouldn't be. <laughs> you just watch like this. this it would just this be man awkward. In a dress like it would just be awkward. Hit you with the cringiest moves that you've ever seen. Like, <laughs> He's throwing his fan like, fiction at you, like <laughs> bada boom, and then fail miserably. Oh, yeah, yeah. Out of pity, I'd leave. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna head out. All right, Makai, be seeing you. Uh, so the devil decided that he would leave, and he disappeared up the chimney in a puff of smoke. And apparently, he cracked the hearthstone as he went, and like they keep trying to repair it, but it keeps cracking over and over again in the same place. Ah, um, that's the devil. Yeah. So we've heard like a similar story to this twice before now. Mm-hmm. It sounds extremely similar to the events at the Hellfire Club. And at Loftus Hall, right? Yeah. I, I think these are like the only three places that I've heard this story from. But there's a weird connection between them all. And I only found this <gasps> today. It is so weird. So I found this on a website called um, Albert Heritage. Yeah, they had mm. some interesting stuff on the website. I was just looking up. I can't remember what I was looking up, but I found this. And uh, <laughs> it's interesting. So from 1615, Rathfarnham Castle and its estates, which includes the lands of Mount Pellier Hill and the Hellfire Club, mm-hmm. were the property of the Loftus family, <gasps> for whom it passed by marriage to Thomas Wharton after he married Lucy Loftus. When Thomas died in 1715, the estates were inherited by his son Philip, who became the first Duke of Wharton in 1718. And Philip was a controversial character prone to excessive drinking and outrageous lewd behavior. Due to his extravagant and feckless lifestyle, <laughs> that's what the website says, Wharton became chronically entailed with de- debt, eventually leading him to selling his title back to the king, which I actually didn't know you could do. <laughs> and in 1723, William Connolly purchased Rathfarnham Castle and its estates from Wharton for the sum of $62,000. So, the Loftus family owned the Hellfire Club and then sold it to William Connolly. What? So that's a, the three estates that this devil has shown up at where like, all the families owned the Hellfire Club at some stage. Oh. I just thought that was Do a weird think- connection. Holy shit, that is, that's class. Yeah. Do you think we could form a triangle with the three points? I don't know, because like you could probably draw a straight line through all three of them. In a, oh, a straight line like all of them. You in might the one be direction. able to. I'm not sure. I didn't look into that at all, to be honest. I only found this like while I was writing this episode today. Um, triangle will return. Maybe we could. Yeah, maybe we should take a look into that and see whether they're all on like <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah the triangle. <laughs> maybe they're all on a ley line together or something. <gasps> I just thought it was weird. Um, do you think the devil was like checking in on the owners of the Hellfire Club, like making sure the club's president is still a, a believer in Satan? <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, I, I just thought that was the coolest detail. And, um, that is really cool. If what you say is true. Yeah. It's very cool. I do really like this story, though. And I love the extra mm-hmm. details that are added to this. Uh, the character of the devil didn't... He didn't just show up, because in Loftus Hall, he just shows mm-hmm. up on a stormy night. But like he appeared alongside the hunt... Like ripping the tail off the fox, all these weird little details. I just I love yeah, it so much. Deeply unhinged. I also love the added detail of Thomas's mother having some sort of premonition about his arrival. Like I assume <laughs> that's what it was supposed to be—that she was seeing him before he arrived. Yeah, yeah. 
I always love in these stories, like the reveal, and it's like it is the you know, yeah, the hoof. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's always the it's, hoof. It's always the hoof. It was this, the, for Loftus Hall and the Hellfire Club. They were playing cards, and somebody dropped a card, and then they leaned down, and there was a cloven hoof. This one was a yeah. boot that got gets taken off. But there's also a story yeah. in this place too of the cards as well. But this one I think was before that. That's why when you're first meeting someone on your first date or whatever, always ask to see their feet. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> oh my god. I mean you'd know if they were like super hairy though, right? Like I don't know. This I'm is like this, guy's- this is like back before electricity. We have lights now. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get away with I'm being sure. that hairy anymore. Like, <laughs> no, you can't get away with asking to see people's feet either. No. So, um, <laughs> no. Uh, Loftus Hall does look a lot like Castletown House. I know it's changed over the years, but it, it's very similar style building. Um, I don't know though. I don't. I don't know if it is the devil because he he got hit in the head with a Bible and it did nothing, and he really enjoyed the hunt, and he only wanted some what? food from the from the building. So. I, I think it was a fairy. Fairies love could hunting. Be. I don't see why it mm-hmm. couldn't be. And every time, like they bring the, a priest into this, the same thing up in the Loftus Hall or not Loftus up in the Hellfire Club. They bring a priest in and it does nothing. The devil just laughs at him. What's that a priest, priest gonna in, do though? Like realistically, what about the priest up at the Hellfire Club? He he exploded a demon cat. That was the, that was just a normal ass cat. <laughs> <laughs> he just killed somebody's pet. He did just he did like throw holy water on it and it did like. Mm. catch fire so i suppose that's a bit weird i don't know though these priests man they need more training for this shit (laughs) if they're not good for like fighting the devil what are they good for really throwing books maybe he'd be good at baseball maybe or or hurling like you know maybe that was it (laughs) maybe he wanted the devil's signature you know (laughs) that's very blasphemous (laughs) what's blasphemous like is not saying a prayer or something he went straight to physical violence. I'm surprised he didn't show up with like a ruler or something, you know, like one of the canes from the classroom to give the devil a good whoop. Like he had, like from the time when the servant got to the house and he mm. like got to the priest's house and then he went all the way back up to the other house. He had all that time to think about what he was going to do. Like he knew yeah. he was running up to fight the devil. He, he didn't like... He could have had a whole gearing up montage yeah he didn't think to grab anything else to be fair he did get rid of the devil though the devil did leave he did purely out of awkwardness but there was no fiddle battle or anything and that's very disappointing maybe maybe it was a fairy then you know kind of like i've enough of this i think so i like to think so you've really soured the mood (laughs) shit crack now (laughs) yeah you, sh- you shared me something and you said, don't look at this. Oh, yes. Uh, you can look at that now. It's a picture of the cracked mirror. Oh. Yep. Th- that's a serious crack. That's the crack that the devil, or the book did after it ricocheted off the devil's head. That was a forceful Bible no- Notice how there's three lines because he's mocking the Holy Trinity. Ah, yes. Yeah. And there's three sites. There's Loftus, there's oh, Castle shit. Town. Oh, shit. You're f- There's Hellfire Club. We're making the it's connections now. Fuck. Yeah, the uh, statues in the background of that kind of freaked me out, though. Because in the mirror, you can just see, like, dummies dressed up yeah. in, like, the old clothes. <laughs> but they just look like really pale people. It looks like there's a dog or something under that table. I don't know what the heck that is. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a They're cursed dogs. picture in general. It is. Can you, um... Can you go exploring? You can. You can go on a tour of the place. Uh, I think we should definitely try and get mm-hmm. up and go to... Yeah. Uh, Malahide Castle and Castletown House. 
in one day or something. Yeah. That'd be really cool. That'd be really good, yeah. But that is everything we have for this week, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if you have any of your own stories that you'd like us to cover, uh, send us an email at paranormalhotlinepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Bye. So-